Welcome back to the Sales Leader Show. Today, I'm joined by a man who chooses legendary. He's creating wonder in the customer experience. He's a servant seller, and he's changing the game. You might know him as the copier warrior, where he was the number one copier sales rep 10 times over. He's the founder of the Sales Rebellion, a speaker, an author, and a sales coach. With me today is Dale Dupree. Oh, where's dude. the like? Where's the audience like screaming? I, you know, is it's it just funny? us. It's just us, <laughs> dude. It's funny. I actually had an applause track queued up for uh, for the ZenCaster uh, app, but since we had to switch on the fly, I, I don't have it. I'll so try to people use it. their imagination. Yeah. You know, the, the, and the imagination would be that there's one person in a room of a thousand <laughs> doing a slow clap after that intro for me. Right? It's like, like the Shia okay. LaBeouf. <laughs> Thanks for that intro, though, man. It was beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate you. Man, thank you. Um, dude, I want to jump right in and get some nitty gritty. So I want to ask you, this is this question. I, I'm, I've heard you ask so many questions on podcasts. I'm hoping this is at least somewhat unique. But I want to ask you, what's a commonly held belief among sales reps that you passionately disagree with? I absolutely love this question. I think I have a list. I think a good one for today, because I've been talking about it a lot recently, is that somehow blowing through your list of prospects. So like this idea of just staying busy, right? will somehow get you to the places that you desire to go. Ultimately, this is where I think that it, it, it's a myth and that it fails people that, yes, there will be a month where like you hit quota from, from like using this concept of quantity, right? So you will, you'll hit quota heavy and, and you'll hit it, you know, fairly easy as well too, to an extent. But the problem is, is that that's not sustainable. So this idea that somehow what you're doing is long-term it's a lie and it's a myth in our industry and people need to recognize that and people need to have the audacity to step away from the mediocrity of what it is and and write their own story because ultimately if we do things like say okay how about instead of calling thousands of people every day and pissing them off just to get three people to talk to us right like, let's instead take those thousand people and say, these people matter, even if they don't want to talk to me, they matter, they're humans. Let's look at them a little bit differently. And let's say over the course of the next 12 months, how do we slowly but surely integrate ourselves into the ecosystem of these thousand people? And what you'll find is that by the time, you know, you've gotten about 50 odd connections, especially if you're selling in, a, in an industry where you only need two or three people to buy per month to hit a a quota, right? You you will find, you know, at that like 50 mark that you have an entire pipeline for an entire year. So I, I think the biggest tragedy in the sales world is that we continue to perpetuate the myth that somehow being busy and having this quantity mindset somehow will just make you better. Really, it just, all it does is it creates crappy outreach, terrible emails that I have to read and so many other people that are at the, the brunt end of all of this prospecting methodology that people are utilizing from this perspective of just being busy and it sucks ultimately it makes it makes people that aren't like me or you or you know guys that don't understand the perspective of sales it makes them hate sales it makes them not want anything to do with it it, it even ceos cfos ctos people in big organizations that 
aren't fully connected to the sales process, when they start being the victim, you know, essentially to these types of concepts, you know, even though they know sales and the way that it operates is what builds their business, they hate salespeople. And it's just this continual rift that we, that, you know, generation after generation, we continue to perpetuate. It sucks. Yeah, man, I, I feel that really hard, but at the same time, so like I am, like a lot of people, I think in sales, I'm not really the stereotypical sales guy. And I came into the game young and not really knowing what I didn't know or what I, you know, I, I just did whatever my manager told me. And there were so many times where like, I felt conflicted because I felt like I wasn't treating people like people, which, which is not how I ran the rest of my life, you know? But when you have quotas and you have manager pressure and you have, Hey, I missed last month and I got to hit this month or else my job's at stake and you have a family and, and all that stuff. Like, how do you have the courage? I mean, and how do you take those first steps to, to do what you're, what you're recommending? I mean, to treat people right and to give people an experience and to, to invest the time into getting into an account in the right way. It's a really good question, dude. First off, quotas suck. They're meaningless. They're empty. They're measurements that that are there to create like a safety net for the company and your boss, right? More than you, right? Because listen, if I would have uh, adhered to my quota, I think my quota was thirty-five thousand, thirty-eight thousand, somewhere in that range when I first started. Um, if I would have just been like, cool, yeah, let me just hit quota, right? Because there's two reasons that quota suck. The first one is this that we as salespeople are taught that somehow like that's a it's a feat to hit that number and really like the problem is is that leaders haven't cultivated their sales reps in a way that creates the desired outcomes right from the perspective of enough business wrote, written and so what they say is they say well you have to write this minimum amount or else we got to fire you that's essentially what a quota is right so what happens is, is we look at it from that perspective we go if i don't hit this number i'm going to be fired and it becomes the number that we become, you know, entrapped by. That number sucks for more than just the reason of it's the minimum. And if I don't hit it, I get fired. It doesn't pay you as much as 50,000 or 60,000 or 100,000. I averaged, I averaged somewhere in the six figure range every month, right? And it was below six figures. But, you know, there was once I wrote quarter of a million, half a million, one point. 2 million, you know, in a single month. And, and, and honestly, like, it's insane to me to think that people you know, use the number, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta write $36,000. Like, listen, if you're in sales, one of the driving motivators outside of what I believe should be impact and allowing people to have a, a different look in regards to how they use a process or a product, right? It, the, the secondary piece of that is, is that you did it because financial freedom is involved in this industry and in this profession, right? So, so if I can, if I can attain financial freedom through sales, why wouldn't I? And if I can do it with integrity and I can serve people and I can impact them, I can change their literal outcomes inside of their processes and uh, through my hardware, software services, whatever, right? Then I, I'm going to be pretty fulfilled as a human. A quota doesn't say any of that, right? That I just said, a quota says hit this number or you're fired, right? So ultimately, like it creates a, a distance and mindset between success and mediocrity, right? And it also, it creates a scarcity mindset over an abundance mindset. 
Uh, and then ultimately, it doesn't really like give you a path toward any of the freedom that I just talked about, right? The freedom of being able to control your life, <laughs> the freedom of be, being able to not be locked into somebody else's dreams, right? But your own, right? So, so a quote, the the quota sucks, right? Ultimately, and and people that go to work at an organization and they're thinking, oh man, I'm getting a sixty-five thousand dollar base and the commissions are pretty good, like OTs, like a hundred grand, like, yo, listen, people. I went and sold copy machines, first off, the most non-sexy product you could ever possibly imagine. The second to that, it was like the hardest thing you've ever sold in your entire life. And, and the third piece of that is that it was something that people, it is something that people from the outside looking in think like, what is that? What's, why would I even sell a copier, right? How does that even help a business? Right. Yet the opposite is, is involved in these things, right? Like not only did I make a half a million dollars selling copy machines, right? But like I changed lives and I created outcomes for people that were significant. That is, that is crazy to think about, you know, of all the products I've sold that I'm like, man, who would, how would this help anybody? You know, um, you want to look for those ones that you think are game changing, but you use these principles to sell copiers, which, yeah, that does seem like a tough one for me. <laughs> um, this makes me think of a post I saw you comment on that, that video of the guys, like the rah, rah guys that were up there, like, and one of the lines that they said, which made me like cringe. And the reason it did is because I had managers like this early in my career. They said I, they were making sales reps repeat back. And one of the lines they said is I can close anyone anytime and i mean that seems like the complete opposite of what you're talking about literally right because if you're so arrogant as to think that somehow you can close anybody anytime you don't belong in sales period and matter of fact you don't belong in humanity and society period because you have no real regard for others right? You only cared about yourself and you were so bloated in regards to how you feel about you, that it becomes something that's toxic, not just to yourself, but to other people as well, too. That video sucks. And those people that are in there, I, I, I love them though. I, because they're, they're salespeople. I love them and I want to see better. I want to see a better outcome for them. I want to see a better culture for them. I want to be somebody that's involved with people like that for sure. So I don't shun that video or the people that are, I don't say like, these are our enemies by any means. I do say that we fight against this concept and this mindset the, it could, because ultimately it is a mediocre mindset. It absolutely is like to stand on stage and say things like I'm, I'm going to war, you know, like salespeople going to war, like you're, you are lost if that's how you feel. You're absolutely lost. You you have no real direction or guidance as to what sales actually is and how it can change the world and help others. And you are perpetuating the myths and the lies of what people think sales is ultimately. So, you know, in the whole close anybody at any time, I actually watch this really funny TikTok response video where, you know, he says like, I believe, you know, he does the whole thing, right? And close anybody anytime. And that video cuts to a guy sitting in his office. It's all like busy noises happening. And he's kind of like doing some stuff and the phone rings and he picks up and he goes, hello. And then he goes, oh, I'm not interested. And he hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh really hard. So, you know, again, ultimately, I think you're right. What we're talking about is the opposite of that type of. Uh, concept and here's the thing is that 
there's a whole group of people on the internet as well too, especially in the SaaS world. Um, that are like extraordinarily blind to the fact that that kind of sales exists, right? There are leaders out there, like big time people that I've been in the comments of that have made just very ignorant statements around, you know, sales isn't, there's no like bro culture. It's dead. Like it's not around anymore. Like, go man, like peep. That's the most dangerous piece. I think is all the people turning a blind eye that say things like, well, the circles I'm in are good circles and people are pretty caring and active. And I'm like, well, then you're not cultured enough. Like you don't know what else is out there and your and your version of good, right. Is probably pretty bad ultimately because you probably, if you're telling me you don't run into scummy salespeople, then you probably don't run into servant leaders either. You probably live in the middle ground in the gray area. And, and that's a problem too. So I, ultimately I think there's a big battle in front of us in regards to the heart and soul of sales, right? Not of people ultimately, because sales will always be altruistically about serving. All right. And it's people that decide, you know, more than anything, but, but we cannot rewrite what sales is in this process like that. That would be a travesty if we started to rewrite the code of sales in this process and changed its ultimate narrative. That would be horrible, but it takes people to, to continue on and continue forward in the light. So we have to, we have to also encourage people to step out of their shell and to do things that are unpopular and to take risks to your point earlier. How do you risk all this stuff? How do you, how do you worry about all these or not worry about everything in your life, you know, in this process, right? Like it, you do worry about stuff like it, that, like that's just a human nature concept, right? But here's the thing that I don't think salespeople recognize is that they think that all this activity is going to, you know, provide again, some type of outcome for them. But ultimately it is not, they, they don't put themselves in the shoes of the other person. They are not being intuitive around what does somebody else's ecosystem look like? What do they prefer? Instead, they're just saying, well, I have to be, there's a deal happening here and I have to be in here every day. What does that person want you there every day? Are they interested in your 37th email or do they really want to pick up the phone for the hundredth time and listen to another voicemail from you? Hey, just checking in. Give me a call back. Probably not. Right. So the, that's the issue is that we don't think bigger. We don't think, well, how can I be so magnificent at the very forefront of the way that I serve somebody that I don't have to worry about time frames and, you know, delays be, uh, you know, human nature delays, not God delays. Right. But like, you know, someone saying like, I'm going to put this off for another month. Right. You know, like those things naturally are avoided by getting somebody else bought in on what you're doing. And the only way to get somebody to buy into that is to influence them and not to sell them anything. Man. Um, right now I'm thinking about, sometimes I, I think back, I'm like, hey, when I started sales, what if they, like the first people that taught me sales, what if they told me what sales was in a different way? For example, my very first sales job was I was selling alarm systems door to door. I was a summer sales guy, right? And I remember one of the times when I was going knocking with one of my managers, they were training me. We got out of the car and literally he said to me, all right, Bob, let's go lie to some Mexicans. And, um, we are in Southern California, which is why, and that I was, I looked at him like I lived in Mexico for two years. I speak Spanish. I'm not Mexican, but I kind of consider myself like an honorary Mexican in some ways. And I was like, what, you know? And so that was kind of my introduction to selling. And like, you have to like force people and convince people and, 
and all that type of thing. So like put yourself in the shoes of a manager who's, who's got a first time sales rep that you're talking to, and you're just telling him what the job consists of. What is our overall purpose as a salesperson? How are you framing that for him? Yeah. I mean, first off, I'm going to help that person to understand like the, at, just like you said, like what's at the forefront of their career in sales. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them about the whole process, right? I'm not ultimately I'm not gonna tell them about closing and middle of the funnel concepts and nurturing and I'm not gonna tell them any of that stuff. I'm literally gonna say, all right, the number one thing that you've got to remember is that at, at, in sales there has to be pillars and a foundation to walk on. Right. And we have four inside of the rebellion in our roots concept. I mean one of those is this identity of serving leadership. How do we serve? How do we serve people every day? If you knock on the door and somebody says, how can I help you? You have to remember, oh, what do you want? <laughs> you have to remember, it doesn't matter how you know angry they are or happy they are, no matter what, what they are asking you can def cause your brain to go the wrong direction, which is, oh, let me answer that and tell this person what I want, right? That's not what sales is. So the, every moment has to be about how do I continually make it about the person that I'm talking to and ultimately help them to understand that I'm not one of the thousand other salespeople that's out here just, you know, flinging trash left and right, trying to hit somebody in the face. And that ultimately I, I also am somebody that believes that what I'm doing can help them. Right. So that means that I've also, as a sales rep, I've vetted my product. I've thought about what's the quality of this, right? What are the gaps? Is there anything that like, do we, are we half-assing anything, right, from that perspective? Like, what, what is it that I'm selling? And that's something that you have to also teach your rep. Like, do you believe in what you're selling, right? At the same time, do you believe this helps people and fix things? And then, and then in those pillars, too, you know, we also have this concept, we call it REASON, to radically educate and share one's narrative is the acronym. Um, and there's a whole formula to it, right? Attention, story, outline. And, the, and all it is is prospect. It's a prospecting methodology, right? And it goes beyond, like, what kind of 30-second commercial do you have? And what do you say at the front of a cold call? Like, what, what we teach is, and what I would tell this rep on day one is I would say, hey, when you prospect, you're going to reframe that and you're going to give experiences. You're not pitching. You're not prospecting. You're going out and you're giving experiences. That's why we do things like the crumpled letter and, and why we sequenced it you know, with multiple letters. So somebody can get it. They can think it's cute or funny or very relative or informative or something that they would like to, to act on. And 90% of people are too busy ultimately, no matter what. And so we can't have in the, the experience we give at the same time, we can't have this expectation of anything I do when I'm being experiential is going to just suddenly get me an appointment, just like a rep that's just calling and saying, you want to roll the dice or whatever, you know, hotline they're using uh, in the year 2022. And, and so the concept for me is how do I get somebody thinking more expanded and actively around in an expanded way, I should say, more actively around how they accommodate somebody through communication and action, right? So that they don't have to make 4,000 cold calls this month, right? So that instead they can get the attention of people more effectively and, and earnestly and, and, and make the dang thing work, right? Listen, this is the best example I can give you. There's a guy in his forties joined the rebellion at the very start of our conquest. And, and by the way, when I say conquest, I mean, we are here to change the landscape of sales. We're here to take the old guard, teach them the new way and help people to understand that really we're just going back to the principles and foundations of giving people the right kind of attention as sales. 
individuals, right? So when, when we first hit this mission and started on this path, one of, literally one of our first, like out of a dozen students, right? He was literally one of the first dozen students. This guy's in his 40s, amazing human being. I freaking love him to death, right? And, and here he is telling me, like, I'm like 10 plus years older than you, bro. I've been in the game for way longer than you, but I love what you're doing. And I'm curious to see if it'll work for me. And sure, there was like other intrinsic alignment, our faith, you know, the way that we look at people, the love that we both have in our hearts for community. So there was, you know, buy-in ultimately, but I don't think this guy knew what was going to happen, right? He, he, he basically, I told him to forget everything that he learned for 20 plus years and try out something new. And this is what it is. So like even the most tenured reps, if they don't get taught this identity of what experiences are and how they elevate the the entire sales process for you you'll never really understand it so this guy goes out he uses the crumpled letter technique as an example and in his first cadence with his first letter he drops off 13 sets nine appointments right literally and one with a with a massive school district and another one with a very big company called papa john's pizza maybe you've heard of it and and literally right and sets appointments and goes i'm a believer Right. And so imagine that we could get kids at 20, 21 years old feeling the same way, not in their 40s. Right. Imagine that we could we could get people bought into this idea that what we're doing isn't kooky or zany or silly or whatever the all the haters say about what the rebellion's doing. God bless them and keep hating, by the way. We love you. But the thought process here, again, is how, how do we change the landscape of sales? Well, we do it with the next generation. And so your question is something that's really important to me as well, too. And most of the way that we teach is to forget what you know. And come and learn something new. Okay, well, let's say uh, there's a listener, or, or maybe me as an example, right? Let's say I'm I'm I've been in sales for 12 years. I'm hearing this, let's say for the first time, although it's not the first time for me. But let's say I love it and I want to take action on it. Well, what mistakes am I going to make? How am I going to screw it up as I go along? Great question. Uh, preference will get in the way almost immediately, right? And and expectation to an extent. And that's just how all of us operate as humans. But if you can start by separating preference and leaving expectation at the door, then through the art of failure and trying something new, you will find something beautiful for yourself. And, and listen, we... I say this from the perspective of somebody that's watched it happen hundreds and almost thousands of times at this point. We're getting there, right? We're, we're getting big. <laughs> but the thought is, is that every single time it's the same way, right? That people within, there's a couple different routes, right? Within a, a month, some people are going, man, I don't know about this. It's not working yet. Right. And then within a month, you know, there's also people that are going, I don't know why I ever did anything differently. Right. And, and ultimately the reason that, that those two stories are told is because one group of people literally lets go of everything that they hold sacred from the perspective of what they've been taught on sales. They just let it go and they say, okay, cool. And if they align with things already that we had, they don't say, I already felt that way. They adapt the new mindset, right? Ultimately, they say, well, sure, I've already felt that way, but I, have I really uh, put it into action? Have I really done anything with it? Or have I just always thought about it? And said, yeah, I agree with that, right? Am I acting on it, ultimately? So that's a huge piece of the puzzle, right? And it, it, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to preference. And, you know, you read a piece of copy that we, we write for you in an individual sales training program, or group squadron, as we call them. Um, and you, you read a piece of copy from a campaign that we put together for you, whether it's the letter campaign, the rebel books, the cutting boards, whatever, right? You read a piece of copy and you go, I don't know. 
And there's one thing, it's one thing to be like, that's not really me, Dale, and like, let's work on it, right? But we're pretty good, by the way, we're pretty good at reading personalities. It's another thing to like take out the principles, the foundational stuff, right? To replace it back with like your old habits and the and all the things that have kept you where you are today. It's like, it's like any addiction, bro. Alcohol, drugs, sex. You you can you can constantly say like, I don't want this thing in my life anymore. I don't want to be shackled to this. But what happens two days after you've been sober, right? You head back, right? Until you really seek help and you really create change for yourself and you literally shed the skin of the old sins, of the old guard, of the things that once were, you just can't have success in those things. And it's the same with sales. People are addicted to the mediocrity that sales has put in their head because they think that everything in the sales world is a box, it's business, and I can't be myself, I can't be authentic, I can't try to give people experiences, I can't be a little silly sometimes because the world told me not to. There's a lot to chew on there. I'm going to take a step back here. So one of the main reasons I started this podcast was because I had, I felt like I has, haven't been as intentional with my career as I wanted to be, as I now want to be. Right. So now I've, I've decided a direction I want my career to go and, and I'm, and I'm making steps to head there and it's exciting. But, one of the key elements that you're talking about, you know, really what you're talking about is a, a philosophy of selling and a perspective. How do you see the people you're, you know, helping? Maybe maybe you don't even want to use the word selling if that's a bad word in your mind, but you want to say helping, you know, how do you view them? But if you take a look at your career, like a salesperson's career, that maybe they feel like they've been floating from job to job. They're not feeling a lot of uh, purpose or they don't feel like they have a lot of growth opportunities. Do you have any advice for them as far as what, how, how to sort of analyze and make decisions on where they want their career to go? So we started a community about a year ago and just opened up our, basically our private Slack channel and made, you know, we still have our admin channel and whatnot there, but we made three public channels and anybody can join those public channels and be a part of that ecosystem of our community and that purpose that we did the, for doing that was for questions like this, right? The people that are out there that are like, what do I do right now? Like, where do I go? I'm in a, I'm in a lull. I've hit a wall. I'm not motivated. I feel manipulated. I'm addicted to this old way of selling and I can't get out, right? I think my best advice is to surround yourself with like-minded people that will influence the right decision, which is your decision ultimately, right? But they'll give you the things to chew on, the, the the tough love, if you will, to an extent. Because and I don't mean it as literally tough love, but a lot of the time when people say things like, well, have you thought about this? It's hard to swallow that. It feels tough, right? It's like, no, I haven't thought about that. And when I do, I think that's stupid, right? I think that's not me. I think, why would I do that, right? It's hard. It's tough. It's hard to hear sometimes. It's hard to hear truths, right? And, and ultimately, that comes back to that preference concept and that expectation concept right get rid of the things that are standing in the way of yourself come and join a community that literally believes that we will change the world we won't just help people sell better we will help people become better people they will literally rise above the not just the mediocrity of sales but the status quo of life 
through the processes and the concepts that we've put in place from a framework perspective. And our ideas yes. are not revolutionary, right? We are just a voice yep. generations later from generations before us that yeah, were setting this groundwork and trying to get people to come back and to buy in, right? But we're just going to be way louder than anybody else ever was. We're not going to sit in circles. We're not going to niche. We're not going to be afraid to, to go into certain places or be at this one conference that we don't agree with. We'll be there. We'll be there with a giant flag out front waving the sales rebellion, right? And, and telling people we didn't buy a ticket to go in, but we're definitely here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so ultimately, I think it is about, for me individually, I think about how I fixed it. I fixed it by surrounding myself with rebels. I surrounded myself with a community, with people, with my father, with mentors, with men and women, right? Young and old, diversity in that as well, too. So find, if you're white, find a black seller and learn their perspective, and especially ones that are that have been through it and been through generations and through societal issues that you don't even understand or can comprehend in the first place, right? It gives you a completely different perspective on life, how hard it really is, and ultimately how those people created their success, which comes back to this identity of connection and finding your tribe, right? So if I go out and I call a thousand people just because, right? I'm not really doing either of those things. I'm not seeking a tribe that I can serve. I'm not finding connection with like-minded individuals or even just, you know, individuals that need help that I know I can help and they know I can help them too and believe that I can help them too, right? None of that is involved in this mediocre approach that we constantly take to our sales career when it comes to the path that we go on. It's time, literally time to walk off that nice, beautifully paved road that you're on right now because underneath that thing is a rotting decaying foundation that you that you can't even comprehend how disgusting and dead it really is ultimately but as soon as you walk out into the mud into the dirt right where nobody else wants to go you'll find that it's much more beautiful of a place you'll find that you can have more impact than you ever dreamed or thought imaginable not just for people but for yourself too ultimately right there's so many people out there listening that are like I well, I have a hard time connecting with this message because like people suck. Agreed, right? But that doesn't mean that you have to put that label on every single person, and it also doesn't mean that you can't start with you, right? Because if you think people suck, what do people think about you, right? And we we just don't ask ourselves those tough questions enough, right? And the rebellion has that accountability, and our community has that accountability, and even if it's not ours, find one that'll give you that type of accountability that's not. You know, just meatheaded and blockheaded about what it is that it's doing, right? It's all about the foundations and principles in regards to sales. It's not about who's better at cold calling or, you know, who does X better than than uh, with emails and who does follow-ups better and who does closes better. None of that matters, right? What matters is is who is out there altruistically trying to change people's lives, right? Not for the uh, – uh, you know, a, a million dollar gain or a big following or a bunch of celebrity status or fame, but somebody that's leading a rebellion that the face of that rebellion is the people that populate it. And when you can find those types of places for yourself, because there's more than just our community for sure. And we we love some of the other communities out there and support them die hardly because ultimately I think that's what narrows down the outcomes that that question seeks to achieve for itself that you asked earlier like seven minutes ago when i first started talking no man that's awesome and uh i just a plug for the uh slack channel because i joined it um i don't know 
a year and a half, two years ago. And I was really struggling at that time. Just, I did, I realized I, I wasn't where I wanted to be in my career or in life in general. I, I uh, had some issues that I worked, I was able to work through and I'm still working through, right? It's never done. You're always, you're always working on yourself, but, um, you know, I did reach out to people in that group and, you know, you responded directly, Jeremiah, Beth, there's tons of people in there that have responded and helped. And the cool thing I like about it is they're not, they're there to encourage. They, they're very encouraging, but they're also, they're not sugarcoating anything and they'll tell you what, what they really think. And, um, that was hard to hear sometimes, like you said, it's not easy, but it was what I needed a lot of times. And so I would definitely encourage anyone to join that, that Slack channel, um, if nothing else. So, well, uh, dude, I feel like we could probably make this a six hour episode, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> out of respect for your time and just, uh, the, the conversation, maybe one day we can come back and do another one, but I, I want to uh, just ask, you know, what, what's the, I know you're on LinkedIn and some other places, but what's the best people, if someone wants to reach out, connect with you or learn more about the rebellion, um, what, uh, where's the place to go? Yeah, listen, we, we, we just dropped a brand new website. We haven't told anybody about it. Um, it literally just popped the So our old site is completely taken down and the new site has resources for sellers from the Slack channel to podcasts, blogs, uh, to the crumpled letter campaigns individually if they're not in the market for coaching to, you know, again, the community that, that we serve and ultimately that we surround ourselves with that they can get to know. They can find all of us there. Information on coaching if that's something that's in the wheelhouse. But ultimately, places that we exist are in content. Places that we exist are in, in podcasts. Excuse me, like this one right here. Well, the thing about the rebellion is, is that it's not in this one central location, ultimately, right? We are, we are like the silent majority out there, right? And, and I'm telling you, anybody listening, come and learn, right? LinkedIn.com backslash I am backslash copy or warrior to find my personal page, but then find the rebellions page. And then you can find the rebellions Twitter, find all of our stuff, right? It's just at sales rebellion. You can find all my content on TikTok or anywhere else, right? But here's the thing is like seek out the people liking our stuff, commenting on our stuff. Those are rebels. Those are that's your community. These are people that think and feel the same way that you do. They operate businesses. They're in sales. They're in finance sometimes. They're in marketing sometimes. Like we have such a diverse group of individual people that I love telling people to come and find us and come and see our resources and see what we do because ultimately we the more that we can expand our business and grow the more impact we can have across the world. And we recognize that. And so we are in the business, in business, right? We're not a non-for-profit <laughs> at the end of the day, right? But ultimately we believe in the power of a movement. And we believe that if, if people listening right now can hear anything, just hear the identity of what the rebellion is. And if you believe it, seek us out, seek out our content, seek out the things that we're talking about. Give your opinions, give your advice, become part of the rebellion in your own way. Everybody has their own rebellion. We're out looking for those that are not afraid to be quiet about it any longer, but to be loud and be proud of what it is that they seek and who they are. I love it. Um, what, uh, I know you have, I don't know if, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it or whatever, but I know you have a book coming up. Is there anything else, uh, you could talk about that or, or what's exciting on the horizon for you? 
Yeah, we we have some cool stuff. I mean, the rebellion is working on some very top secret things on the back end in regards to just what we're doing, right? Models inside of the business to get people more involved and engaged. Uh, we ultimately we want to be one of the most cost effective sales training organizations out there from the perspective of that sales training usually is it's only for a certain demographic of people because it's expensive and we want we're trying to bridge that gap and i think ultimately we're doing a pretty good job right now with things like squadrons so group coaching if anybody you know is, is out there listening and thinking it's not, i am looking for cost effective coaching and to actually get results and 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 add to my bottom line right instead of just getting some good ideas that never work right but the book it's not a secret the book's been out actually like a lot of people have copies of it you just can't buy it so it's not oh. for sale so it's kind of like our little secret thing that we do that occasionally we'll, you know a new student comes in we'll send them a book uh, a new company you know joins up and we send their reps books and you know there's there's a there's people out there with the book but it should be out on amazon hopefully within the next quarter if not the start of the year, uh, we just have so much on the back end going on. But I can promote my ki my kids' book. That's not a secret for me. I've actually written a kids' book, um, the title and all that stuff. I'll announce when it gets closer to time for me to start promoting. But we're in the illustration phase right now, um, and it should be a lot of fun. It's it's a kids' book, but adults will get a kick out of it. There's a lot of very rebellious flavor to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then ultimately, again, we're like pushing toward this identity of like, what is the next generation learning about sales, right? Are they learning that, that, that it's transactional? Are, we le are they learning that it's a grind? Are they learning that it's, you know, it's, it's 80 hours a week and the hardest thing you ever did? Or are they learning that it's fun, that, it, that creativity is something that should attract them to sales? And they're, and they're entertaining, they're, or the entertainer inside of them, I should say. And, 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 and really like I, kids get that more than anything. Right, much more than adults. So, I'm hoping to really spark the next generation's mindset around what they understand sales to be and how they can get involved with it when they get older, and that they don't have to go and work for some big corporate vanilla generic box store to make a career in sales. They can do it in their own way. They can do it in unique ways. They can do it in ways that aren't popular to the status quo. Awesome. Well, Dale, I think we'll wrap it up right there. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, it, it was a surprise to me that you were able to make time and and uh, an honor. So thank you so much for coming on. And we'll hang out a little bit after I stop recording here. But uh, but you can say bye to the listeners here. Cheers, bro. I appreciate you having me on. I, everybody listening, two things I want you to always remember. You are enough, right? So if you're listening to this podcast today and you're thinking to yourself, man, I – I can't do this stuff. I can't think outside this box. Like, trust me when I tell you that you are enough. It's in there. You just got to search for it. You got to find a community to help you with it. The second thing is, is never forget the identity of what the rebellion preaches, which is choose legendary. That's to put people over products, community over commission checks, experiences over pitches, fellowship over to get negotiations. And ultimately, it's about changing the landscape of sales. And the only way that that happens is individually through every single one of you that's listening right now. So, we need you. Join the rebellion.